Welcome to part three of our journey through the world and game of Actum Cthulhu Tactics, a turn-based strategy game with RPG elements developed by Auric Digital, working alongside Modifius, the original creators of Actum Cthulhu, and indie publisher Ripstone. In the first episode, we talked about the ideas, the history, and fiction that has inspired the game. In the second episode, we talked about the design of the game and what goes into the making of it. If you've missed either of them, do head back and give those a listen first. In this final episode of our three-part series, I'm going to be getting into some more detail of the game. I'm interested to know more about what the player gets to do and what the setting is. I'm going to chat with Nina, the game's producer, and Adam, the game's designer, and Thomas, the overall design director at Oroch Digital, to find out more about a system that Adam mentioned last time, but that we've not really dug into just yet. It's called Momentum. So, what is Momentum? Momentum is a good example of an idea of a system that that comes from the 2D20 system. So it's a great idea, the idea that when you're in the flow, you're in the flow. When things are going well, they're going really well, and you capitalise on that. And you see that in combat, you know, when one side's starting to rout the other, they're kind of on a roll, and that makes it easier to keep going. And I like that, I like that a lot, and I wanted to keep that. But, as Adam said, it didn't necessarily flow. The, the, the 2D20 version of that didn't necessarily work for what we wanted. So that was one of your early tasks, was basically, OK, take this core idea... And, and how do we make that into a digital version? And, and, well, I think we ended up with a great idea, which was, you know, what you'd been working on. The big thing is that you have momentum at the start and you generate it and then you spend it on doing cool things. And we could have just done generic cool things where you're more accurate at shooting, but we wanted to try and bring across the characters in themselves. So I designed up a uh, system of skills where you can do more effective and more interesting things in the turn by spending this resource that you have. So, if momentum powers certain types of skill, what examples of skills use it? As an example, uh, there's a couple of commanders in there. You can level up some characters so they take the command path. They will then be able to do double time, which makes one character like twice as fast. Another example is uh, people with uh, like the Thompson machine gun can strafe. It'll hit multiple characters with a single shot, which is like a normal shot, but by spending momentum, you make it affect additional targets. But you get to choose which of these ones you want, and you can definitely build your team based on the skills that they really need. When we, yeah, when we started looking at Modifius's output, and they've done a lot of really great role-playing games, I was really struck by their 2D20 system. Now, Acton Cthulhu doesn't use the 2D20 system. Um, you can play it with um, either the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game system or uh, Savage Worlds, but we weren't really interested so much in the system. We were interested in the setting. There's no real way to get those systems across to someone without actually using dice, so we had to cut out the bit where you roll d20s, but we took some of the other elements from this system in for the rest of the design. And so actually we grabbed a page from a free PDF of Conan, which you then had to uh, answer tricky questions at interview, wasn't that right? 
Uh, yeah, so I applied for the uh, designer job that I saw online, and for the first time for applying for a design job, I actually got a design task, which was given this uh, sheet, uh, free uh, role-playing game day sheet for Conan, is like, how would you make this into a game for a PC? And it was actually a really fun task, because I managed to took a, take apart the system and break down which bits you can use, which you can't use, and sort of how you could apply these different parts of it to a computer game. So, for example, like the 2D20 system. It's really, really nice, and it's got a lot of, stru- lot of structures to it that make it really fun to use. But if you're in a computer game, you don't want to have rolling dice, because unless that's what the game's about. is if, you, if you're rolling some dice, you may as well be at a table. There are other skills available too. Here's some audio. Choking Cloud. Dark Wings. Life Drain. Where exactly is the game set? Our portion of the story, because it's definitely an, an excerpt, obviously, from the entire World War, is set in the Ardennes Forest in France. Um, some of the levels in the campaign go through the forest, but then you also break into a Nazi bunker as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Nazi, Nazi bunkers are amazing settings because they have this sense of what were they doing, you know, what's going on, why are they hiding it? Because when you're building a bunker, you're protecting it from bombing or you're hiding it from sight. Uh, that always adds to that immediate air of mystery, the fact that it's the Nazis and they're fascists and they do this horrible mix of science and the occult adds this even creepier layer to it. So deep underneath a forest was a, was a really good setting for the game, and, and it ties into the, the wider campaign. One of the reasons that we've set it, particularly in the Ardennes, is that Modiphius have a setting in there for the tabletop roleplay, where they have a storyline going through the Forest of Fear, and we are the game that we've made up is part of this story. It forms part of like the backdrop that other players can then go and take this to their own tables and be part of the same story as a computer game at the same time. Yeah, but just to say, I, th- I think as a player, if you've not played the Atom Cthulhu setting, it's not like you're not going to understand what's going on. The game itself is a really nicely contained story within that. It's a great story with the beginning, middle and end, and it really fits well. Uh, it's just if you are into Atom Cthulhu and you do understand the wider setting, you're just going to get that extra little bit out. So what about the weapons? What helpful shooters have you given the player to fight the forces of evil? Uh, so in addition to the great weapons that we've given, obviously this is a sort of mythosy, magical-based game, so we've given the heroes some additional weapons to help fight the mythos. So we've got Ariane, who's our female hero. Close, but not close enough. She has a demon on her back um, that can drain the life out of Nazis and other mythos creatures. We've also got Singh, who's got a Kerban, so he can jump up over and stab people. Good. Another enemy is no more. But do, because the setting is very, it's entirely World War II, we had a nice set of options for the different weapons that the player characters could uh, use and the enemies could use as well. So we, have, we went for like, the most iconic standard weapons that you can get so that people would have nothing wonderfully recognisable. So we have the Ithaca 37 shotgun, we've got a Thompson uh, submachine gun, and one of the characters can even switch out for a Bren machine gun so he sets himself up and covers a huge area with the rapid fire. Uh, it's, like, it's like a shopping list of everything you want from a Second World War game. You've got fat Panzerfaust. We've got various types of grenades. You've, of course, got an array of pistols and rifles. All, all, all the usual stuff that you expect, plus a bunch of extra stuff. Uh, and what I love about the Second World War setting is the weaponry is that bit more meaty. 
when you go up against these these creatures, you know, and I think you want that extra punch when you're facing some horrible demonic man thing. You want to be able to really slam it with some serious firepower. <laughs> Got one. Just make a move. You cannot defeat us all. We're safe for now. So the game is a single-player campaign? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's single-player. You have four characters within your squad um, that you're controlling, uh, very much in the XCOM manner of uh, using tactics and moving your entire squad. We've got... Um, two different modes so when you're moving around and you haven't seen anything yet you're in what we call exploration mode so your whole team moves follows one character so you're only having to move one character at a time and then as soon as you see a bad guy um, you break into uh, combat mode where you're controlling all four elements of your squad uh, so Aaron and I have been uh, working on getting the levels together uh, we've it, all the levels are hand designed and they have narrative in mind because we've got the uh, exploration system we can have sections of it where you're exploring the environment and trying to find stuff out but without having to move characters individually and make it awkward this means we could have more like narrative more storytelling to the world by having things for you to discover by exploring the levels yeah when it comes to levels actually there's, there's a kind of whole tale in there on the development side because so let's take a game like XCOM um, their levels are this kind of semi-generative system um, and by that I mean they've they've clearly got um, components within a level that can be randomly generated and they're interspersed within sections that, that are, are less randomly generated. So, so consequently you'll get a kind of a section of a city or a section of woodland. But every time you play it, it's different. And, and that works really cool and that's well. One of the things that we want to do though is when you're telling a story, and this was very much when I was doing level design on Call of Cthulhu The Wasted Land, when you make the levels less generative and more bespoke, that allows you to tell more of the story with the level. It allows the level to bring forward what you want to say. It allows you to set specific ambushes, choke points. Um, because the generative stuff, you don't know what you're necessarily going to get. You're reliant on the, the slightly semi-randomised nature of it to, to build the gameplay out. Whereas when you're doing it bespoke, the, the plus you get is you can control that experience as a designer for the player much more. You can basically drop them in it and, and let them use their tactics and skills to get themselves out of it. And that, that's a lot of fun. Uh, and so what we've ended up is actually something that draws from both of those ideas. The levels are very bespoke and created, but because you revisit the same levels a couple of times uh, with changes within them, it means it feels like the, the environment's shifted around you a little bit. But the fact that you get familiar with sections of that means you can reuse that knowledge tactically to your advantage, knowing that, oh, there's a choke point coming up or there's some great cover just around this corner. I'll take advantage of that. And so that level system is something I think, you know, uh, the team had done an amazing job of and is very, very cool. So part of the way we've designed the levels in particular is the entire set of levels form one world and you go through different sections of it multiple times doing different missions. So you might go through a forest path on your way into the mission to begin with and then later on you start there and work your way back through it and through a different section it connects to. This sort of is designed to bring about a sense of place where you go, oh, I've been here before, I know there's good stuff around the corner. And we can subvert that by having changes to those places to show the progression of time and the impact of the player characters. And as you've all been deep in the mythos for some time now, can you share a favourite mythos or weird fiction quote for me? 
I think given the way that the whole the unknown is in the game, the one that really fits is the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear, and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. Um, mine isn't actually a quote, it's literally just the word Cthulhu, and that's because before I worked here I hadn't genuinely actually heard of it before, and now after being here for three years I can touch type it at record speed, to the point where I was showing someone our Cthulhu Christmas, um, Christmas card Kickstarter back at Christmas, and I typed it into my phone and they literally went, wow, you can type that really quickly, you obviously work with it. <laughs> A lot of the Lovecraft ones are quite famous and quite well-known, so I'm going to pick a slightly different one. Uh, Robert Chambers' The King in Yellow, which heavily influenced Lovecraft. He was a fan of his work. Um, There's a lot of really great stuff in there, but the one I'm going to pick is There is a painless death awaits him who can no longer bear the sorrows of this life. And I think that speaks to the kind of nihilism of a lot of the Cthulhu mythos, and I also think it speaks to a lot of the death and destruction of, of a war as big as the Second World War. That's it. Part three of the Acton Cthulhu Tactics podcast has concluded. However, we're planning more in the way of podcasts very soon. Acton Cthulhu Tactics comes to PC via Steam on October 4th, 2018. And a little after that to PlayStation 4, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Nina Adams... Adam Carter-Groves and Thomas Rawlings for adding more to the conversation and to the mythos. Thanks too to both Modifius, whom created the original Akhtun Cthulhu RPG, and Ripstone for their continual support of the project. Hearing back from you, the community, drives us forward. We'd love to know your thoughts about anything you've heard throughout this podcast series. Touch base with us and let's continue that chat. We always welcome reviews and ratings on our iTunes page. It helps us improve our podcasts. If you enjoyed listening and would like to contact us, look us up on Facebook and Twitter. You can also subscribe to our newsletter. This will detail everything that's buzzing within Oroch Digital right now. Hit orochdigital.com for intel. Akhtun Cthulhu Tactics has its own game page there too. Click the Our Games tab to learn more. Akhtun Cthulhu Tactics can also be wishlisted on Steam. This is Walker, out.